Hey everyone, welcome back to Safe Haven. I am your host, Darlene Anjout. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about something we all can't live without. It's like breathing air. Yeah. So our topic today is the presence of God. What is the presence of God? What does it mean to you? What does it represent? What does it look like? We'll begin into all of that information. You know, I'll share personal experience. I'll give you Bible scriptures, all the great things I've been doing, you know, to keep you entertained and all that great stuff. Stick around if you want to listen to it. If you don't want to listen to it, send it to your mom or daddy. Somebody has to listen to it. Okay, you guys, let's get into the topic. What does the presence of God mean to you? Okay, Genesis 1, in the first few um, verses, it talks about um, how um, the earth was formless and it was dark. And the Spirit of God was hovering over <clears throat> over the earth. Basically, it was just like roaming around in the dark. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light, and it basically talked about um, creation, and it basically talked about um, how God created everything. So, what I want you guys to understand with me giving that as a reference is that without the presence of God, there's nothing. Nothing exists without the presence of God. We do not exist without the presence of God. And to a lot of people, it may not make sense with me saying that because they'll be like, "Okay, there's people that are like." Um, doing that or doing other things that are serving false God, but like everything ceased to exist without the presence of God. Like even the air that we breathe, it's because of the presence of God, because God um, created everything and everything represent him, which is also, which is also a representation of his presence on earth. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but that's the first point I wanted to make. Um, and the second thing I wanted to um, answer is, um, how do you enter the presence of God? So I'm going to give you an example from <laughs> scripture again. In Exodus 3, it talks about Moses in the burning bush. Moses um, was a bit literally like chased out of Egypt because he killed somebody. He killed an Egyptian and they're like, oh, you know, you one of them. He was he was basically kicked out because he was protecting his his um. F- his biological family people like the Israelite and he was chased out and that's when his journey began and while he was in the in the desert um he saw a burning bush well you guys well I give you the um the chapter Exodus 3 where um while Moses see the burning bush Moses um um, come, um, move forward. He stepped forward into the burning bush because it's kind of like interesting. Imagine a burning bush and everything else is not burning. It's just that one little area that there's fire. So Moses is just like, cool. I want to see what this is. And right there, Moses um hear the voice of God saying, um, this is a holy um, this is holy ground you're stepping into. So take off your sandals. Um. And I give that as an example because not only was it um, was Moses stepping into holy ground, but he was stepping into the presence of God. And a lot of time we step into the presence of God, um, not knowing that where we're stepping is holy ground. It, in the presence of God, it's um, for those that are set apart for Him, those that are um, cleansed. Um, and um, I believe it's and 
I believe it's in Psalm 14 where it says, who can um, enter um, into the mountains? Let me um, give you guys the scripture word for it because I don't want to just keep rambling on and not have my my trusty Bible with me. Um, but I believe it's um, the Lord, the earth. Okay, yes, it is in um, Psalm 24 where it says, who may ascend the, mo- um, the mountain of the Lord? who may stand in his holy place. Um, in verse four, so it's going to be Psalm 24, verse four, where it says, the one who has cleansed hand and a pure heart, who does not trust an idol or swear by a false God. So in Genesis, um, in, I'm sorry, in Exodus three, Moses at the time wasn't um, willing to, to um, I guess, Moses rip, um, rid himself of all false idol. He rid himself of everything that was not holy. That was not pure. Um, and I want to give, um, I want to, I'm not going to step away from it. I'll be right back to talking about the presence of God. Um, in those moments when Moses was in the desert, um, going wherever he was going, I sincerely believe that it was the presence of God telling him it was the Holy spirit guiding him to where God wanted him to be though. I, I sincerely believe that the Holy spirit basically told Moses, like, you're not like the Egyptian. You grew up around them. Yes. You got the education they all um, had for a specific reason. And has Moses, um, continue, um, to, um, with his journey in life, he gets to the burning bush, which is the presence of God. So I believe in those days in the desert, God was legit, like, um, pruning Moses, like just cleansing him of everything that's not of him. Everything that, that basically like, like, well, dim the light from the presence of God that is in his life. Because once you're born, um, I'm not going to say once you're born, but I sincerely believe that the moment you have a life, you have the presence of God, which is, which is really when you look in Genesis, God breathed into a man, into men, not, not, I can never say that word. Well, basically they knows cause like, I don't know how to talk. Um, he basically blow into their nose and they had life and when he does, when he breathes over you, um, he breathes um, life. He breathes his spirit over you. So, in the midst of all of that, Moses gets into the presence of God, and God is like, "I want you to take off your shoes. I want you to take off every false idol, everything that is not of me, everything that doesn't represent me." So. The shoes could represent a lot of things, but since we're talking about the presence of God, every false God that you were taught about, everything that was not of me, every false, every dark presence, every demonic spirit that you have ever witnessed, you have ever encountered in Egypt, they can no longer enter where you enter because where you come, where you going is holy. It is set apart from God. This is all Genesis, okay? No, not Genesis, Exodus. This is all Exodus. So God is telling Moses, like, this is holy ground. This is where my presence is. This is where this is where only the people that have cleansed themselves, that have rid themselves of what's not um what's not holy, what's um um impure, what's what's of the world. So I believe that answers how you enter how you enter the presence of God. There's also another example in Exodus where God tells Moses, like, I'm about to make my way through the people of um through the people when they get to um 
I forgot what exact chapter it is, but it's also in Exodus where God tells Moses, tell them to um, clean themselves, to prune themselves, to rid of everything that they know for three days because I'm about to make my appearance. And God is basically telling um, the people of Israel, my presence is about to overtake you guys and I need you guys to be cleansed. And in that, in that um, exact chapter, um, Moses, the people are left in the pavement where, you know, I love this. Um, I love the story of Moses because there's so many things to learn from it. The people are left in the pavement where anybody could enter. There's some that could get into the holy. You know, they could enter the holies, which is where a few people could enter. And then there's the holies of holies, where it's only those that have clean hands, pure heart, that they're not. Um, they're not thinking of anything of the world. They're not thinking of um, money. They're not thinking of. Um, greed or how they're going to get into any position, but their one desire is to be, is to be one with God. And if you look in the New Testament, Mary, when um, Jesus came into um, their place, Mary and Martha, I believe this story is in Luke or in Luke and also in Matthews, where Jesus entered their place, and Martha is so busy. In the presence of um, of the King of King, Martha is so busy catering to everybody else that she neglect um, the one thing that was very important, which was the presence of Jesus um, at um, at their home. What Mary did was very wise. Mary sit um, sat at the foot of Jesus to get instructions. And although Martha, there's a lot of us that are like Martha, when we are in the presence of God, we neglect the things that God is saying to us. We neglect what God wants to do um, for us, but we want to do more for him than he can, um, than we think he can do for us. And a lot of time when you're in the presence of God, what he wants is to do for you the things that you are in need of. It sounds like I'm preaching, but we're going to go with it. But, um, I was talking about the the story of Mary. Okay, so Mary's sitting there at the foot um at the foot of Jesus, and she's like, "Lord, just um just teach me, teach me how to keep my heart pure, to keep my spirit focused, because there's a lot of things in this world that will distract me from you, that will um make it that I can um I cannot um differentiate your voice and the voice of the enemy." So Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus is like. I'm proud of Mary, even though Mary didn't um, go and cook for me or anything like that. But the one thing that she desired is to be in my presence, is to um, to um, be in communion with me. And Martha, to her, the presence of God, she felt like she had to do everything right in the sight of man. And that's the one thing in society, in life in general, even in your walk as a Christian, that um, we're taught that when you're in the presence of God, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't show up to God um, a mess. You can't show up, you know, they want you to um, give this um, image of being perfect. And when you're in the presence of God, the one thing God wants is for you to bring all your baggage, um, all that you are, everything that's not good about you. He wants to take that from you and and actually cleanse you from it. So um, in the presence of God, it's not just who you, um, God can't, hmm. Okay, let me say this in a better way. When you're in the presence of God, as uh, as long as you pretend to be someone else, God can heal who you were. God can um God can change. God can cleanse who you were. But once you come and say, "Here I am, Jesus, take me as I am," because because um the man um 
I'm sorry, you guys. I'm a Haitian kid, so I'm always gonna give reference in, in, in the Shun Dispense. So, in, in the Shun Dispense, there's a song that sang, meaning that there was a thief. Basically, it was basically when Christ was um, on the cross, there was a thief that was on the cross with him. And he 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 was he was one that was like he doesn't deserve to be here. He was um he acknowledged his sin, and I feel like when we're in the presence of God, all God wants us to do is to acknowledge where we fall short, you know. And um in um I forgot what chapter it is. And I'm sorry, you guys. I'm Haitian. I'm gonna give a lot of Haitian re- reference. And um Galatian is that the right word saying it? I think. Um, I forgot what exact chapter it says we fall short of God's grace. And that's the beautiful thing about the presence of God. When we fall short, God is willing to fix us up and cleanse us. And I truly believe that once you understand what the presence of God represents to you and who who he, he allows to come into his presence, you will not just live a, a daily life, a regular life, but you will actually take pleasure in and being in the presence of God. And um, one of the things that we ask a lot is, how do I get into the presence of God? Um, do I have to be in church to be in the presence of God? Do I have to constantly be in prayer to be in the presence of God? Or um, um, what do I have to do? Do I have to be? To, do I have to always have my Bible on me to be in the presence of God? And the answer is no. Being in the presence of God is being in oneness with God. Being in oneness with anything, it's like I'm in oneness when um with myself. In the sense of like I know who I am, I know who I re- I know what I represent, I know um I know what I can and cannot do. And when you're in the presence of God, it's a it's it's your life. Even when you're sleeping, you can be in the presence of God. Like for me, how do I get in the presence of God? The way I get in the presence of God is very simple. I wake up, I wake up with a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude. I thank God. I welcome the Holy Spirit into my life. I allow the presence of God. I ask God for his presence. I say every morning I wake up, I I, may, um, I do a quick prayer. I say, Lord, as I go throughout the day, may your presence always be with me. May your presence guide me. May your presence be with me. Um, um, when I encounter new people, may the way I, I leave, I represent you. May your presence um, attract people to me. These are things you could ask God of and being in the presence of God is not always me. Um, me, I guess always praying, but I have real conversations with God where I'm admitting to God where I'm like, yo, um, yeah, today don't feel like a good day, but because I carry your presence, because I carry the son of Christ, um, the son of God and me. I know that I carry his presence. So even if it's not a good day for me, I ask God for his presence to overtake how I feel. I ask him like, okay, God, like, for example, today I had a horrible day. Like I felt like it was going to be a horrible day because it was raining. And as I was going through the day, I was just like, I legit remember having a conversation with God where I'm like, God, I am so grateful that I serve a God that is not asleep. I am so grateful that I serve you because I have seen where other people lack. I have seen where other people put their trust and money in, but they put their trust in what they have, but I put my trust in you and you have yet to fail me. These are regular day-to-day conversations I'm having with God. It's not like in the prayer format where I'm like, Father God, this, this, and that. 
I do those prayer, but like when I want to really be in oneness with God, I go into be having a conversation with a friend where I'm, I'm constantly asking God, like, am I doing this? Is your presence with me? Give me a sign that your presence with me. Let me feel you do something like shake something like, um, help me to stay in your presence and all that stuff. But yeah, you guys, um, those are some, some tips I have. Um, um, what would be another thing for me to respond to you guys? How do you keep the presence of God going? Just continue being honest, having honest conversations with God, being honest in your prayer, being honest to the Holy Spirit, because a lot of time God wants to continuously be in communion with us, but we fall so short. We always want to hide who we are. Like we always want to hide the things like even the things that you cannot express to um, a friend, your husband, your wife, your fiance, your boyfriend, your closest friend. The Holy Spirit know it. God know it. And in the word of God, it says God is just waiting for us to to confess it to him so that he could fix it. So that whatever gap there was that, you know, he could he could um, have a bridge over, it, I guess, a bridge. Yeah. 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 He could have a bridge over it and basically be one with you. And what God really wants is for us to walk in communion. I keep saying communion because it's such an important thing with Christ. Moses was in communion with God. Like there was uh, in the Bible, whenever you read about Moses, it tells you, and God was with Moses. The same thing with Joseph. And he says, and God was with him. And God was with David. God was with Daniel. All of these people, it's not because they, they, you know, they didn't have anything better else, better to do. They had other options, but they realized that they served the most high. Like the person that called them is above everything and he created everything. So if they were going to be successful in Joshua, um, God says to Joshua, meditate in this, in this book day and night, never let it depart from you. In order for Joshua to be successful, it was him meditating um, in the word of, of God. It was him being in oneness with God. It was him being in one accord with what God wanted. It was him in always being in the presence of God. So without the presence of God, you might be successful in this world, but really you're, you're a failure in, um, in the eyes, in the sight of God. And it's so much better to please God than to please the world. That's, that's one thing like that. They don't make big today. Everything, everybody seems like they're getting big from just posting something, posting the littlest thing, uh, posting their, um, naked pictures, posting all of these things. But in reality, it's like, yo, you're lacking in your relationship with God. Like there's so many people that are projecting oh i'm christian i'm christian but the way that you live when i when i look at you it, can i see that the presence of god is within you that you carry the presence of god that you usher the presence of god what you say what you what you talk about can i see can i feel the presence of god when you open your mouth to say something there's people like the word out of their mouth is it's legit healing it's like medicine for the soul it's like medicine for your spirit and then there's people, they, they're like, yeah, I'm Christian. And the word that come out of their mouth, is like a bullet. It just kills you. But let me stop rambling on you guys. But yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope this episode was a blessing to you. Um, if you didn't like it, I do not apologize for 
exposing your demons <laughs> um i hope that this was really a blessing to you because i love doing topics like this um if you were blessed by this um share with a friend share it with your mom or your daddy your ex-boyfriend your ex-girlfriend the crazy lady next door or your annoying neighbor your co-worker that you can't seem to help in any way possible um you know just give out positive vibes you know just give out good energy tell somebody jesus loved them tell your neighbor that jesus loved them even though they're weird tell somebody at work that it's okay god got you you know just encourage people throughout the days because these are hard times we're going through and somebody needs it they need your energy they need your support they need your love and once again i am your host darlene anjou this was safe haven Mm -hmm.